episode 55 of Be Me to Sick Bay. I'm Mira, your host. I'm here with McFreeze. 55? 55 and still alive. Uh, and Hayes. Hi, I'm Hayes. That's Hayes is very excited. He, he put on his radio voice for this episode 55. No, it's not I don't my... know why. <laughs> I know that wasn't your radio voice. That was my joke. That was the joke. Oh, wait, we have a sound. This is my out. radio voice. Boy, howdy. Keep, keep, okay, keep. let's talk about Star Trek. We got some uh, Barkley. Barkley, 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 Barkley. We love Barkley. Barkley's the best character on the show, and it's not even a fucking challenge. This it's is, not. It's just they said, Barkley, when are you going to shut up and jam? And he fucking jammed. But he didn't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't shut up. He should talk all the time. What did well, we learn I'm... from this episode? Hey, are you part of the main crew? Uh, no, stay in your fucking lane. Barkley <laughs> learned that hard the hard way, dude. <laughs> they were holding meetings against him, conspiring against my boy Barkley, just because he was helping out too much. Well, yeah. I mean, no, it was it was he passed a line because he he got like into the inner circle by like saving the day once, and then he just kept doing it. So they're like, okay, this is starting to get fishy. This is starting to get suspicious. Yep. Even after the first time he did anything, they were like, hmm, we got to get this guy back into his normal spot. We can't let him think that he's cool. It's, yeah, it's it's fucked up. You know, the 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 clicks on the Enterprise, they're just they're just keeping all the people that aren't already part of the, the main crew down on the lower decks. It's, it's a shame to see. At least they're not calling him broccoli anymore. Yeah, you got to hand that to them at least. Well, you know, Wesley was part of that whole toxic wet uh, culture, That's right? And so they once you remove Wesley, things kind of improved a bit. Yeah, I mean, probably honestly true. I <laughs> That's still one of the funniest things to me from the original Barkley episode where uh, Captain Picard is just so disappointed. He's like, really? Then he does it himself. Whoopsie. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about the nth degree today, though, if you couldn't tell. This is the second episode that we have Barkley appear in. Um, let's just read the specs real fast before we get going. Um, we don't we didn't really have a preamble because before uh, before we hit the record button on the podcast, we were just sitting here bullshitting for like 20 minutes. I finally tricked Merrick into watching The Expanse. And yeah, it turns out it's really good. No, I mean, you didn't trick me. You just kept bringing it up and uh, I watched <laughs> it and it's great. It turns out people should talk about The Expanse more. If you if you know, want like a good sci-fi series, that's like a gritty space action thing. I mean, I've only watched four episodes, but I think it might be one of the greatest shows of all time. I'm serious. It, it, it like it doesn't it's really grounded in the way it kind of does everything. Like, I think it's like believable enough in how like it presents its kind of world and universe. It doesn't feel like I don't know. It just feels like it believes in its world in a lot more, a lot more than some sci-fi stuff I've seen. And it like it does a great job just fleshing out characters. It's just fun to follow everything that's happening, and, and you, you never get too bored because there's always like multiple like points of view you're following at any given time. I think it's just a fucking awesome show to follow. Yeah, and I enjoy all the characters a lot that, that I've been introduced to. Um, they do seem to really like killing people off very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's something, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I really like, like you were talking about with, um, the, the grounded, more realistic parts, like it's a good contrast to watching TNG, which is this fucking sci-fi utopia yeah. show in comparison, you've got this, like, this is what it would actually look like if humans went to space. People would be really fucked up. They got like, so there's, there's these people that live uh, on the asteroid belt 
um, to, to mine for resources, right? Uh, they're called belters. And because they grew up in space uh, and a lot of them are poor and stuff, their muscles and bones didn't develop quite right. So they're like, they can't survive on Earth's gravity anymore. So yeah. in like the second episode, they have somebody torturing a dude that they suspect is a terrorist by just leaving him dangling on hooks on Earth's gravity. It's really yeah. fucked up. And one nice thing about that guy in particular is that like he genuinely has like kind of like lankier sort of bone structure. Mm-hmm. And that's meant to kind of like represent like what most people in the belt would look like if they grew up like that. In the books, that's how everyone looks. But obviously, you're not going to get a million extras who are hella lank and that you can get on a TV show. So yeah, they, I think they got everyone that they possibly could. They're like, okay, you got to be in two scenes here, two different guys. Yeah, exactly. And so at, at a certain point, it's just like, okay, everyone in the belt just looks like people because fuck, man, we're not going to be able to do this. But it's it's cool, like ideas like that. I think are neat. And there's just like stuff where, like, you know, if you're living out in space, living in a belt, you have like a water budget at any given time because hey, it turns out like it's not easy to get water. You need to fucking mine ice and deliver it back to ships. And just like stuff like that, it's 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 really fun. yeah. Oh, and that was another one in the first in the very first episode, like very early on in the episode, they're showing these ice haulers, and they're just like two guys like joking and talking, and then like the ice just, just careens off and it just knocks a guy's fucking arm off. No, <laughs> but it's okay because it gets back into the ship, and he's talking about the cool prosthetic he's gonna get <laughs> to replace his <laughs> arm. <laughs> oh, and then he died later. No, not from that. From a different thing. Don't worry. But you should watch that show, McFreeze. It's good. Everybody listening, watch The Expanse. There's even okay. a Barkley at the at the very start of uh, The Expanse, but he gets you know he does not get ahead in the show very well. Very far. <laughs> you know who I'm talking hate. about. I am getting haze oh. right now because I don't uh, get that. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. It's an Austin Powers joke. I see. Mm, I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a very Austin Powers joke. <sighs> I, I always forget yeah, about that guy good. until I watch until I rewatch the first few episodes. Like, oh, it's that guy. They make you think it's gonna be like a five man crew. Yeah, hours. Yeah, you didn't even respond. I sent I sent you I sent Hayes a screenshot of that guy. Hayes didn't say anything. I forgot who that was until I thought about it later. He's <laughs> just like, why is why is Mira sending me this picture of this guy without a head? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people that die. It's a lot of people without heads. Yeah. Lots of people in the world without a hmm. Is this true though? I can't um, wait for you to meet Drummer, who's one of the best characters in that, in that on that show. She's so fucking good. All right. Um Yeah, I just need to keep watching. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing about the expanse before we talk about Star Trek. Uh, uh another real detail I really, really liked was in first episode was uh when they were like exchanging um files about this this girl, uh, and the detective pulls out his phone, which is like this really cool futuristic space phone. It's just like a like a clear screen, you know, like imagine if your phone was just a mm-hmm. screen of glass and you could see through it easily, but it looks really cool, except it was it was cracked like, a, like it had been dropped and he couldn't afford to replace it or get it fixed. And I love that. Aww. I love that little detail. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say everyone made fun of him for having such an old phone. It probably was an old phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no frame of reference for that, but I just love the fact that it was like cracked. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of little things. I think that show just a joy to watch. Okay, uh, the nth degree, Barkley, my son. We love Barkley. So how does Let's, how, uh, how, how does? Oh yeah, go ahead. We got distracted talking about the expanse, and I never actually did that. So the nth degree was aired on April 1st, April Fool's Day, 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was episode 19 of season four. 
written by Joe Minoski, directed by Rob Legato, and the in universe date is 44704.2, solar year 2367. I'm going to say, now, does this seem more accurate or not to you guys? But it seems like the episodes that only have one or two writers attached to them are generally better than the ones that have like five writers. That's not surprising to me yeah. because if you have that many writers, that usually means there's rewriting happening. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's like just, the, it's... Uh, what was the last, what was the last one that was like, we, we were working on this one for months trying to find it, find a way to make it work. Was it night? And it had like five writers. It might have uh, been Night Terrors. Might have been Night Terrors. The one I always think about for that one is the IRA episode where they just oh, rewrit oh, the episode yeah. horribly. Um, oh no! Yeah. First, first contact the one the one where Riker fucks an alien. Uh, that one had like six writers on it. Yeah. So that's yeah. the the exception to the rule. Is that episode owned? <laughs> but but yeah, like that. Like if you have that many writers, it's probably because two or three writers already wrote the entire episode and then they later decided they need to change it. So they hired more writers to go in there and clean things up or wrap things up differently. So that that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, it, it gets to a point where there's too many cooks in the kitchen and then you just got too many flavors going on. And Well, it's like you can't have like themes if like half the episode's fucking different by the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's, like, what's, how do, what's the, what are the themes in Nth Degree? I didn't say what the what this episode is about. This episode's about Barkley. That's all. Thank I mean, you. Uh, we, I already told you what the theme of this episode was. Don't fucking step on the Star Trek <laughs> on the TNG crew. That's true. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Stay in your fucking lane. Theme is uh, don't 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 think you're smarter than fucking Picard, or else. <laughs> the theme is Troy looking worried at something. Troy is like. I mean, that's all the oh, episodes. Barkley, he's he's acting cool. I don't know about this. There's there's that one scene where Barkley like does a has like a successful acting lesson. Troy's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be concerned though? He doesn't suck. What's happening? I need to tell Picard. Well, first she talked to him and then uh, was flirting with him. Like, so she didn't just run off to Picard. I mean, she was just like, that Barkley, I have to get to know him better. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that one part where she's like, Barkley, he made a pass at me and it was good. <laughs> I love that scene a lot. Uh, <laughs> or that bit, I guess. But So this episode opens. Um, Reg and Dr. Crusher are performing a scene from Cyrano de Bergerac with, with uh, Reg playing the title character um, in the theater room in the Enterprise. And uh, they got like a small audience of the ship watching them, and and Barkley's doing Barkley things. You know, he's like stumbling over his lines, forgetting them entirely, uh, like being just extra clumsy. You know, just Barkley stuff. Yeah, he's running into the table, and you know, it's like ah, I moved the chair by accident. He's doing his best, though. Like, he really is putting in the effort. You can tell he just isn't. I mean, he's Barkley. He, again, he's acting like a human being would in this yeah, situation. He's exactly. doing a little Barkle. Uh, and they're all watching the performance, you know, with just, like, pleasant looks on their face. Except Data, who we see, is watching it with just disgust. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? The camera pans through the, like, the Troy smiling and Riker's smiling, happy. And they go to Data. And Data's just looking like, uh, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Data just doesn't understand art, frankly. This is the most emotion Data has ever shown. He doesn't have emotion, so he can't possibly be showing emotions, he would tell you. 
uh, but true. he's definitely looking on it with disgust. But the scene ends uh, and everyone claps at the showcase except Data, who's asking Riker why everyone is clapping. And Riker just cuts him off to tell him it's polite. He's like, it's clearly not. Barkley's clearly not using the method act. <laughs> and Riker's like, shut the fuck up, Data. But uh, everyone tells me he did a great job. And Crusher tries uh, to recruit Worf into her acting class. Because apparently, apparently Crusher is teaching these acting lessons. We're learning she's an actress. I mean, she we, we know she's involved in the arts. Like, she does her she tap dance. Yeah, yeah, but that's a different... Yeah, dancing is acting she's, now. She's, she likes the arts, okay? There's nothing wrong uh, with that. Okay, that's fine. She that's likes fine. one art. Two, at least. apparently. I um, like... Oh, I forgot... Um, I think that in in the play, I think Barkley said it was near the the Port du Nacelle, which that's a Star Trek. Get it? Haha. That was a, I was I wasn't sure if I was mishearing that or if he was improvising or what, uh, or if there was just something in that play that sounded like that. It I don't is know. A, Cyrano de Bergerac is a famous play. I don't speak no French, except or is when it I a do. novel? I don't know. I'm an idiot now. I'm saying things I don't know the answer to. Mm. Don't email me. <laughs> don't, don't email me to tell me I'm stupid. Dear Merck, you're yeah. so wrong. <sighs> Every day of my goddamn life. Um, but anyway, everybody leaves the room. Uh, and except for Troy and Barkley. And she's she's telling him, you know, you've come a, such a long way. And he's like, well, it took a lot of lessons. And, and she's like, no, not just that. Like, you're just... You've come so far. Like, I couldn't imagine you a year ago being on this stage at all, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, I guess. But he tells tells her his concern that, like, he's not sure if pretending to be somebody else, uh, like, on the play is is that different than being in the holodeck. And she's like, oh, no, it is because you're actually interacting with people. You're part of something now. And um, and she's she, he's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I guess I see what you're saying. So, so she leaps, and then he... You're he not like, just acting. You're interacting. And I'm like... Shut up, Troy. <laughs> it was a good line. Listen, she's she's got wordplay. But um Buckley sits down alone, just awkward and clumsy, like he knocks his loot over or whatever. Angry at himself for being so Barkley. Poor Barkley. Just, but just the Bacard, Barkley things. Just Barkley things. But the Bacard log kicks in and we uh we learn that they are investigating the uh Argus array, which is a big space telescope, high powered but it suddenly stopped working. And it looks cool as hell. I got to say, I really like the the way this uh, dumb space telescope looks. Yeah, yeah, I did too. It's like yeah, a, it's, just, it's a, it's a big old hexagonal array. It, it's a uh, feature looking. It's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a beehive with the little like eggs coming out everywhere. Yeah, bee eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The bees are hatching, and I saw them hatch, and they looked at me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's a good looking probe. I did, what does the actual um, Hubble telescope look like? Uh, I don't know. I, I meant to look this up to see how accurate this space telescope thing is. I think it's a big thing. Oh, it looks panels. like a it looks like an aluminum foil wrapped uh, cardboard tube with solar panels on it. Yeah, this is the Not best nearly that they as could impressive. do in the eighties. I'm sorry. <laughs> they should put a new one up there. Let's get this hexagon thing going. Did you guys know all the pictures from the Hubble are recolored? What? Oh, is it yeah. just black and white? Uh huh. 
or I don't know if it's black and white, but it's think... they're not colored accurately like this. Yeah, most 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 space photos are yeah, black and white. Well, because well, like back I don't know if this is still true, but back in seventies, eighties or nineties even. Like even yeah, like even the the Mars rovers today, like they just do not have the bandwidth to um beam back color. It's just too much the file size is too much for it to be practical. Yeah, so over they, such a distance. So are they just guessing then on these colors? Like they're just artistic renderings of like this may be what it looks like. We're not sure. Maybe think- or they might have other sensors or like other like like other types of camera that will detect different things but i yeah i don't know about it so that's your fact for the day it's a very i I hope i didn't disillusion anybody too much out there with the hubble telescope knowledge but anyway it's it's no uh argus array which is a telescope that's powered by what did they say 12 nuclear reactors or something 10 um and uh, it's just stopped working. So they find this this weird alien probe uh, just kind of floating above it, emitting no signals. And so Picard orders LaForge to go take a closer look, and LaForge takes Barkley with him. Yay! So How embarrassing. What is Barkley going to do? He's worthless. He's great. If Jordy tells him that he's one of his top engineers. Jordy's lying. And, Jar- and Barkley knows he's lying. He clearly does not no. believe him when he says this. That's because he doesn't have confidence in himself. I don't think Jordy would lie about that. But they go out in the shuttle and they start to scan the probe, you know, and they're trying all these different things and it's nothing's working. And Barkley takes the time to, like, thank uh, LaForge for assigning him to this mission. And that's where he says, hey, you're one of my top engineers. It's more time. It's time I got you out on this more interesting stuff. And and Jordy points to the uh, probe and he's like, this is the kind of thing that makes uh, that's why I'm in Starfleet. And uh, they try hitting the probe with a positron emission, and that sets off, like, this huge flash of light from the probe. And Jordy just goes and goes, ah, what was that? But he looks over, and uh, Reg is out cold on the floor of the shuttle. No! Save him! Save him! They do They do beam him to sickbay. Yay. Uh, Yay. <laughs> and they have him under observation. And on the bridge, they are, they're like, okay, well, let's uh, start towing the probe then, uh, back. But the probe starts suddenly moving towards them and powering up. Hmm. So in the sick bay, uh, Dr. Crusher tells Reg that the energy from the probe overloaded his optic nerves uh, so hard that it knocked him out. But don't worry, his eyes are fine. What? Okay. Does that? I, 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 I guess it just like shocked him rather than like you know, fuck, like like gave him like a seizure or something is the idea. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because I was thinking like, how the fuck? <laughs> you, you got hit with a blast of light so hard it knocked you unconscious, but don't worry, your eyes are fine. It's good. And they're like, oh yeah, it didn't affect Jordy because his visor filtered it out. Um, so And they go to leave and she's talking to one of her doctors about doing scans and he's like, oh, you could do those faster if you just use a general scan. And she's like, uh, this is a human body, not a circuit. Like, I think I think you need to stay in your lane, Mr. Barkley. <laughs> like, right a fucking way they do this to him. <laughs> Yeah, fuck Barkley. I agree. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I mean, cells have electrical impulses. You could just use a few modifications. I could set it up for you. And then he runs off. They have a red alert from this this probe. And this, you guys, the most amazing thing fucking happens. <laughs> they listen to Worf. <gasps> they do. It's <laughs> they, fucked up. 
They do. The the probe starts powering up and heading towards them, so they have shields up. Morph's like, we should put shields up. You know it, uh, and we should move away from it because of what it did to the shuttle because it fried the shuttle's computers. And uh, and they're like, okay, yes, let's do this, yes, yes, yes. Well, and Morph you know looks why. so happy. You know why? Because they have someone else to deny instead. That's true. That's true. They got they got Barkley to be the whipping boy. Um, but uh, they start to move away. It keeps up with them. They get even to fucking warp two, and it's keeping up with them. And they're like, shit, what are we going to do about this probe? This is dangerous. And we can't fire our torpedoes because we're too close. The impact would damage us. Um, so they're like, well, shit, uh, try shooting with phasers. And that doesn't do anything. And um, they're like, okay, engineering, give us more power to the phasers. And we see uh, Barkley and LaForge down there. And um, Barkley is just on fucking top of it. You know, uh, Jordy starts to give him an order. And he's like, nope, I'm on top of it already. Um, so they, they do that. And uh, suddenly they, the Enterprise falls out of warp. Right, and they're like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, yeah. And it's Barkley over here. He's diverting the warp power to the goddamn shields, and he's like, "You can fire the torpedoes anytime you like now." Barkley, Barkley, <gasps> what? He's so the shield, cool. the shield strength has been increased by three hundred percent. I don't know what? how he did it, sir. So they fire, and of course they're fine, and the probe is destroyed. And they're like, wow, Barkley saved the day. Barkley did it. And Jordy <laughs> looks so fucking suspicious. Yeah, he's that suspicious. I do like no. that Picard doesn't initially kind of get with Barkley's recommendation. He does actually confirm through Jordy first because he's like, what the fuck, Barkley? Like, he doesn't, Jordy doesn't want to know what Barkley did or he's like, think, wow, that was really great. Or how'd you think of that? He's just like, this fucking guy i <laughs> don't trust this guy. guy he's giving him the stink eye through his visor it's like mm, i don't know he's stealing all my thunder this mm. guy is not supposed to be good at this he's great at it it turns out so the the threat of the probe going up to them i guess is is done um so uh they, uh, oh, Reg also turns to Jordy and just like apologizes. Uh, Sorry if I overstepped my bounds. And Jordy's like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> so they go back to try to repair the Argus telescope, and um, he, Riker uh, stops Barkley in the hallway because Barkley gets invited to the ops meeting as his reward for saving the day. And Riker stops Barkley in the hallway to be like, "Wow, we're all wondering how you did that." And so Barkley gives him a straightforward fucking answer, explaining how he did it with some scientific jargon. And yeah. Riker's, you see Riker's eyes just glaze over, he and he pretends to know what he's doing. Just glassy-eyed, listen to this. You're like, "Yeah, man, I, I figured that too." That's acting right there. That is fucking acting. That's how you do it. <laughs> But um, he sits in on the meeting, and Jordy's presenting his plan to uh, deal with the um, the array because they have all these reactors linked, right? So you have to be careful so there's not a cascade reaction. So they're like, okay, we're gonna take our standard procedure, isolate each one individually. It'll take about six weeks to repair. Um, and, and Barkley's like, I don't agree. And he says, we can repair them all at once. And they're like, what? Well, how are we gonna do that, Barkley? That's stupid. <laughs> and he's like, well, uh, we can just use the computer on the Argus array. And they're like, well, it's destroyed. And not all of it. We can reprogram it to uh, be the, um, to work all of them at once. And Data's like, well, you know, that's a solid idea, but it's going to take about seven weeks to do that. It's going to be longer than our initial idea. And Barkley says, I can have it done in two days. And they're like, what? What the <laughs> fuck is this Barkley guy on? <laughs> okay, right there. Barkley. Like, Okay, if you have your super intelligent android officer saying, this is seven weeks of fucking work, and then Barkley's over here like, no, I can get it done in two. Who believes that? Who would believe that? 
I would, because I believe in Barkley, unlike <laughs> unlike some people I know. Why why did they invite him to the meeting if they're just gonna say, "Go away, shut up." Well, I want his input, but his input is just like I can save everything myself. Like, I can just do said, it all. As soon as he said, "I don't agree," Jordy's like, "Fucking, I'm gonna <laughs> kick your fucking ass, Barkley." <laughs> Don't disagree with my orders. You know, he just, he gets good confidence. He's very confident now. And he's a little, um, he has not learned tact with his confidence is part of the problem. Why was he fucking needed? He's zoning. Yeah, he's right about everything. <sighs> you guys just don't understand politics, man. Remember, remember when they got visited by Space Jesus? No, no one was saying like, Oh, this Jordy, he's confident now. There's something very suspicious about this guy. Yeah, that did I was not thinking, happen. I was thinking a lot about that this episode because this is the kind of same thing, you know. Jordy's brain suddenly gets changed and he's more confident and better capable of, of doing things, but he's not like fucking superhuman like Barkley gets. So I think that's part of it. But also, like, I'm amazed they didn't bring that up at all in the episode. And I'm amazed that Jordy's acting like this towards him when he's been through this and he knows. He forgot. I guess he forgot. I mean, it was a forgettable episode, so I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I forgot about that episode. The only thing I remember from that episode is the fucking date that he has at the beginning of it where he's getting the fucking Coco Nonos and he's got the serenade. Like, that was that episode. The rest of the yeah. episodes are blank. Jordy's awkward date, there forever. What more do you need? Coco Nonos. That's all there is. <laughs> Another Coco Nono. I still don't know what a Coco Nono is. I don't know, but I want one now. I like. I've been thinking about them too much. Is that actually a real drink? Coco no, like, no. Drink. I want to say it's the no, no, it's, no. I go straight to not... memory alpha. Fuck. Uh, I get no, no, foodreplicator.tumblr.com, which I think has recipes. It's a <laughs> coconut beverage served in a halved coconut shell with nothing else elaborated. I thought it was like coconut, but no alcohol. No, that there's definitely alcohol in it. This is the recipe that they have in the foodreplicator.tumblr.com. Yeah, but that's... This is a good Tumblr. That's an Earth recipe. Apparently, it's also in Stardew Valley. So apparently, the people who make Stardew Valley are big nerds, then. That's how you... Weird. Know. I could never believe that. <laughs> I love when you when you find something like that, and you're just like, ah, that's another big Star Trek TNG fan. I see. Yeah, I'm nodding. Like, there was a, there was a reference... On the expanse where they said like some offhand line, and I was just like, ah, that's a fucking TNG reference. And I'm no, I hate says, uh, doesn't get it yet. Yeah, that episode. Damn. But it was good. I laughed. Anyway, anyway, where the fuck were we in this episode? Uh, uh, Reg is cool. Reg is being so cool. He goes to acting class again. He knocks it out of the fucking park. He's he's doing the big speech, the big Cyrano speech. Uh, and he's he's moving Dr. Crusher to tears with his uh, Cyrano acting. She's just like, that was incredible. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I did a good job. And he's just so confident now. He's like acting so confident. And this is where we see Troy looking at him like, something's wrong with that guy. She looks <laughs> so fucking suspicious of him for owning. Yeah, like, but all she does is go follow him to 10 forward and sit down and have a drink with him. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is called a scouting mission. I guess. She tells him uh, that he was absolutely brilliant in that scene. And um, and he's like, oh, well, you're a very forgiving audience. And she's like, no, you were great. And 
and she's like flirting with him uh you know not like like overtly but just like like into him and he notices this too and starts to fucking like really make a pass at her like oh we should go to the arboretum then and uh, hang out <laughs> and and she's just like i don't think that'd be appropriate as your former counselor and, and he's like well i don't need a counselor i need a, a woman that is in, uh, intelligent and uh, fun or whatever i don't remember what he said but he was maybe he was making a pass and she almost goes for it but um she says no and he takes it in stride who like, would want a, a piece that, of markley that's a big sign of change right there is that like old Barkley would have just been like crumbling in a corner because he was rejected. And instead he's just like, whatever. And goes back to drinking his tea. That's confidence right that, there. That is true. That's very true. The fact that he could just take rejection without yeah. turning into a puddle. But yeah. I just want someone to fuck Barkley. <laughs> well, good news. <laughs> they do take that date later. So there you go. Yay. <laughs> uh, so the next day, the, like they're supposed to meet in um, engineering to get these two days of programming done and have a meeting at, at 0700 hours. Jordy shows up ready to work and he finds Barkley missing. One of his other officers is like, oh, yeah, I passed by his quarters and he wasn't there. And so he's like, computer, where is Lieutenant Barkley? He was like, you know, he's in the holodeck, bro. That's where he lives. No, Barkley. Oh yeah, I can't believe he went to He's make real holographic Doctor Troy. <laughs> no, Barkley. Well, Barkley. we get we get to the holodeck where Jordy goes to find him, and he's fucking hanging out with Albert Einstein. <laughs> That's like, not Deanna Troy at all. It's not Deanna Troy at all. He's in, and Einstein's in here writing equations on the board, and, and Barkley stops him at some point, and he's just like, "Oh no!" and, and erases that, and like rewrites it, and Einstein's like, "Oh." Like, That's geez. the funniest possible scene, by the way. <laughs> Markley owning all, Einstein. It should have been he should have been fucking Einstein. But also he, he might have been, we don't know. It's really funny that he would summon up a guy from four hundred years ago to say, Oh, look, I'm way smarter than you, dumbass. <laughs> That wasn't what happened. That wasn't what happened. happened. He explains to Jordy because Jordy like in the doorway, clears his throat. It's like uh, we had a meeting, and he's like, "Oh, sorry." And he says, "Uh, "You know, I had some ideas late last night, and I was working through them with the computer, and I figured that the holodeck Einstein program was the best way to do it, and I kind of got carried away." And Jordy's like, "Okay, dude, something's up with you. Like, ever since that probe flashed you with light, you have been acting so weird." And he's like, "What? Because I'm behaving like the rest of the crew with confidence in what I'm doing." And and he's like, yeah, that's exactly why. Right. <laughs> oh, which is fucked up—a fucked up thing to say, frankly. Oh. By the way, this is also when Barkley starts using a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> that's true, because he's recognized that that is the superior and most oh, confident way yes. to speak. I understand now that I am enlightened. Does anybody in reality actually still speak with a mid-Atlantic accent? Uh, Mr. Burns. It's not. He's not real. It's pretty real. It's real to me, damn it. Uh, um, but but uh, Jordy gets him and he says, Reg, you just spent the entire night arguing grand unification theories with Albert Einstein. And Reg is like, well, I just, I'm finally becoming the person I always wanted to be. We really need to ask why? And Jordy's like, yeah, we do have to ask why. Which, okay, Jordy's making a fair point. Probably do want to yeah. know why your brain is suddenly, like, super powerful. Barkley's making a good point, too, which is that he's owning Shut he up. is owning. He just wants to own. So they go to sick bay, and Crusher scans his brain, and she's like, "I don't know how this is happening, but your brain's operating at like five hundred percent its normal capacity. You may be the most advanced human being that's ever lived." And he's just like, mm -hmm, "Yes, that sounds right." Mm 
I don't even know what your IQ is. And Bark is like, oh, probably somewhere between 1,200 and 1,450. Which is a lot, by the way. <laughs> That's very a lot. It's a big yeah. number. What is uh, average is what? Like 100. 100? Yeah. Yeah. We've made Barkley too fucking smart. He's too smart for us He's all. Not smart enough. And you know uh, what? You have to give Barkley this. He's never. He never ever acts in like bad intentions that the entire episode. Like you might think, like, oh, if Barkley gets power, is he just gonna use that to like flaunt over everybody? He's like a good person, regardless of like how godlike he's kind of become here. Yeah, I, I the thread of the episode is like a fake one too, where we don't really know what his intentions are, you know, and, and they portray him as like he could be a villain, he could be working to destroy the enterprise, you know. Cause they, they super get 2001 the Space Odyssey with it at one point, and I fucking love it. Is this it's a so, reference? <laughs> so funny. But um, so the senior officers meet in the captain's ready room to discuss what to do with him. Because <laughs> he's too smart. We got to figure out. Where are we going like, to We should confine him to his quarters. And Jordy's like, what the fuck? Why would you do? He hasn't done anything wrong. And this is where Picard asks them, uh, well, has he done anything potentially dangerous? And Troy says, well, he did make a pass at me last night. And Riker and Jordy like, look at her like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Their eyebrows are just like, oh, uh, excuse me. And uh, and she's like, a good one. <laughs> so Jordy's like, well, no matter what, we need him to save this array. And it's as simple as that. And Picard's like, OK, yeah, we'll just continue to let him work unless uh, something else happens. And as they're walking out, uh, Riker asks Troy, like, well, you said he made a pass and you. It was good, but you didn't say uh, if you went for it. And she just gives him a look like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. Drives him insane. <laughs> I, I, him. I don't know what they're going for with, like, Riker and Troy at this point. Because they've kind of put a, a kibosh on their on their relationship for a while now, haven't they? Yeah, it seems like like it depends on who's writing the fucking episode, whether they're involved or not. Yeah, like yeah. here they like you know Riker seems interested again, but it's like for a long while. When's the last time they've even like had a interact like a like a romantic interaction? It's been like season mid mid season three. It was the last season time two, that uh, her mom was here. No, it Remember? was it was after that when um she lost her psychic powers. It wasn't romantic, but it was an intimate interaction where she's crying right. on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, okay. So there was that, but like, but they were like straight up dating in that episode with Loxana last season. Yeah, like they, they were. Holy shit, they were. Yeah, they were going out on a picnic and everything. And then yeah. it's been all very little since then at all. It's it's weird. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was supposed to be like just a just a platonic picnic. <laughs> they went literally were going back to their old dating spot on Beta Z it's to like, have this picnic. But it's, it's, it's like okay, when, we're just uh, friends now. Like when Tracer and Emily were sitting on the couch doing a friendship kiss. Hmm. Yes, it's just yeah, like that. Yeah. So uh, engineering calls the forge to let him know, though, that Re- reactor nine on the array is overloading. And um, Barkley says the enterprise computer isn't fast enough to keep up with the changes to the reactor. So it's starting to fail. And the other reactors are also starting to overload, uh, starting a cascade reaction. So the enterprise is like, shit, we got to prepare to warp away. Um, and Barkley's like, oh, this interface is just too fucking slow. I need a faster interface. So he runs off to the holodeck. Um, and That's not uh, true. He jogs. He, he speed walks to the holodeck <laughs> and he instructs the computer how to make a neural transmitter so he can operate faster. I love that scene so much. I, I love how like, he's like annoyed that he has to explain. Is, I'll tell fucking, you how to make it. He rolls his eyes at the computer. It's great. <laughs> 
So the bridge attempts to jump to warp and leave, and they find themselves locked out of the computer and unable to do anything. They're like, oh no, what the fuck, we're gonna die! But the computers come back online, and they find that the reactors are suddenly repaired. So they ask LaForge, hey, what the fuck happened? And he's like, I don't know! Uh, so Picard asks computer what happened, and Barkley responds! Barkley has become uh, the computer! Barkley, what are you doing? You he can't be the computer. He can and he has. He explains that the computer wasn't fast enough to repair the reactors in time, so he was uh he just hooked himself up to it because <laughs> he was operating so much faster than the computer. And now his brain is just stored in the fucking starboard computer core. And they go to holodeck. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no good. I was just say they go to the holodeck and try to be like, Barkley, you gotta get out of the fucking computer. And he's like, it's impossible now. My brain capacity has expanded so much outside of my body that if I attempt to return, I will die. Barkley should not have done this. He saved the day. It's fine. Barkley. Now he just lives in this chair forever, speaking through the computer. And we didn't describe this chair, by the way. He's sitting in this fucking space sci-fi chair. Which understandable, but um, he's got this big thing above his head that's just like scanning lasers into his brain at random angles the whole time, and he's sitting there motionless and just talking to the computer. But he's like, he's not motionless; he's looking at them with his eyes as he talks. He's just not speaking through his mouth. It's not random; it's calculated. You wouldn't understand Barclay's inventions. I don't have a twelve hundred IQ, so you're right. I wouldn't. Yeah. But I just, just is... I just like the uh, the cir- the glowing circuit boards coming out of his chair. Yeah, this this whole this whole scene is lit under black light. Also, it's really so it's good. really good. I I did Barkley add the black lights. Do you think to the holodeck? He's like, it'll make it look cooler. Computer, just put some black lights here. <laughs> some black lights there. He uh, knows about the importance of aesthetics. He does. He he gets that. I mean, we saw his holodeck programs. That guy is all about aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> so the um. This cadence, too, the way he's speaking now is extremely just Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, which I have not seen, mm-hmm. but I've seen it parodied 5,000 times, so I'm pretty sure I've seen the entire movie. That's true. <laughs> it's true. I think that's true. I think that's how media works. I should watch that movie. Is it good? Have you guys seen it? I've seen it many times, and it's one of my favorite movies. Oh, well, there you go. I should watch oh. it. After The Expanse, I trust this Hayes' guy's opinion. I, I don't really have much to say about it. It's it's Space Odyssey. It's good old space adventure. It's real fun. I just recommend you watch it. It's... Everyone's having a great time in the space. <laughs> Everyone's Odyssey. having a great time in space, and nothing goes wrong. <laughs> hmm. This is not what media has led me to believe, but um. <laughs> it just goes to show you can't trust the TV. In the in the observation lounge, they um Jordy has to unhook the audio video monitors, audio visual monitors from the com- uh, computer so that they can talk freely about what to do with Reg. You're like, okay, now this is a problem, right? And um, Data points out that he hasn't worked his way into the engineering subsystem yet, so they could possibly get a bypass in from there and get bridge control from there. And they're like, well, then what can we do? We still don't have the whole ship control. And they're like, no, but at least we'd have propulsion and we can get to the closest star base. You know, I, I think they could just ask Barkley. Did they ever ask him to give control back? <laughs> I don't think they ever really did. They tell him to stop experimenting that time he's experimenting, and he's just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But they should just ask him, like, hey, Barkley, we're just going to, um, we're not cool with this, so we're going to go to a space station. Can you just drive us there? And he'd be like, okay. I have a better idea. <laughs> I'll warp us there with my new magic technology. Uh, Jordy is uh, now crawling around through the Jeffries tube to do this thing, and Barkley starts to have a casual conversation with him. And this is Jeffrey's where I get the two thousand one vibe. 
Was, um, was he in the Jeffrey Stoops? The, the yeah. Die Hard Dupes? I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. sure where he was. He yeah, was those crawling. are Jeffrey Stoops. I just assume every time someone's crawling in a suit, they're in the Jeffrey Stoops. That's fair. Completely fair. But uh, he's he's going in and, and Barkley's like, what are you doing? I expected you to be in your quarters. Uh, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm just doing that level three diagnostic we were talking about doing. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and they start to just kind of casually have a conversation and... And uh, Jordy's like, "It's uh, she's you sure are the computer now, huh?" Barkley's like, "Yes, I believe everybody's acting uh, like uh, weird around me." <laughs> and Jordy's <laughs> like, "Yeah, maybe a little." And and Barkley's like, "Well, they'll come around when they see what I can do for humanity." And Jordy's like, "Um, what? What? What are you talking about?" And he says, "Oh, uh, I now understand that warp limits are false, and there are no limits." Cool. So the bridge observes that there's this subspace disturbance happening in from, from them that's emanating from the warp core. And they're like, Barkley, what are you doing over there? And he's like, yeah, it's me. I'm doing that. I'm just uh, running a little experiment. And Picard's like, well, can you, knock, can you knock it off for now? Uh, and he's like, no, I'm going to keep doing it. What's, what's this red space dust floating around all of a sudden? We don't like this. He's like, don't and- worry about it. <laughs> and Troy's like, I'm going to go try to talk to him in the holodeck. And um, she gets there and he's like, he's speaking very condescending to her, like uh, saying like, uh, God, what did he say? He compares the Enterprise to children. And she's like, oh, are we children to you now? And and he's like, I cannot uh, explain the wonders I see in my brain. You just have to trust me. And uh, and she's like, well, how can we trust a crew member that doesn't follow orders? And, and he's like, you just have to trust me. And so she gives up and leaves, but she warns him as she goes that the captain's going to do everything in his power to stop him. And you just see the you see him get this intense look in his eyes, like. Ugh. So Jordy is ready to do the bypass, and Barkley murders him. No, I'm kidding. That would be cooler. No, it wouldn't. No, no it wouldn't. I would. Yeah. Bar- Barkley wouldn't do that. Barkley would never. Barkley's a good guy. He is a good guy, but the way they're setting up this fucking episode, you want something to happen here. Instead, Barkley's no. just like, "It's too late, Jordy." Now and what if, like, ah, oh, dang it. Now, what if Jordy was making a pass at Troy and that caused Jordy to be murdered by Barkley? That no, I don't think he'd that do would that make even. Sense. That I would don't think sense. he'd do that. Um but Riker tells Barkley, man, you gotta stop it. And Barkley says uh nothing and instead just drives the ship into the subspace disturbance. So Picard orders Worf to take a security team down to the holodeck and disconnect Barkley from the computer. So the fucking the first attempt they have at disconnecting him is they have this no name yellow shirt guy on on Worf's crew throw himself at Barkley and bounce off a force field. I love it every time. <laughs> Whoa! What was his plan? Well, he didn't know there'd be a force field. He's in the holodeck, which is the place that Barkley obviously is the biggest expert on that I, can create any kind of force field, and they didn't expect there would be a force field. I I do think this was a missed opportunity to um have a fucking red shirt go kaplui. Now, on one hand, you can't have Barkley kill anyone and remain a character on the show. So what are they, what were they gonna fucking do? But this is a perfect opportunity for someone to run into a force field and fucking explode. No just, dust. They don't do that enough on TNG. And on it's honestly a complaint I have about the show is you know. It may be hokey and it may be stupid, but it, it you gotta give have me stakes. some blood. Yeah, yeah, give me stakes. 
And I guess it's not really stakes if you compare it to the original series where it was just some some guy who happened to be there for the one episode and he's dead now. And it's like, oh, no, not that one but guy. At least, at least that's somebody. Yeah. You yeah. guys would like the episode on a Voyager where they're down on a strange planet and some random guy gets eaten by a giant snake. One of their crew or just? Uh... Yeah, one of the crew. Oh, OK. Yeah, That'd be yeah. funnier if it was just some guy on the planet because they don't want to spare their crew. No, they we got, got, we got a limited like, number of characters on this show. We can't afford to lose any. No, they got regular indigenous people on the planet that are not as so stupid as to go into the snake's house. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do live with the snake. They would know better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I love too. Like he couldn't just walk up to Barkley in the chair. You know, you have this no. guy that's functionally paralyzed in the chair, but you, the plan is let's uh, throw myself at him as hard as I can. Oh no, there's a force field. Every time, man. Every fucking time. So then they all like get other phasers out and they try to fire on the um conduits while Barkley's telling them, uh, Commander Worf, I understand that you're doing what you have to do, and I do not take this personally. But um suddenly everything goes into the distortion and is just wacky. I don't know how to describe this except it's like, have you guys ever been really, really, really drunk? Like blackout drunk. Because that's what this reminds me of. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of uh, the meme when you nut and she's still sucking. <laughs> McFreeze. Yeah. What about Mick it? McFreeze. You know what I'm talking about. Have some tact, sir. So, yeah, it's like that. It's like, it's like blackout drunk and also uh, you nut and she's still sucking. Yeah. <laughs> Every everything's all like kind of slow motion and low frame rate and blurry, yeah, and shaking like a lot, yeah, and all yeah, it's a little bit of shaky, yeah. And data explains why it's like the something is oscillating wrong or whatever. I don't fucking know. I wasn't paying attention. The but, thing uh, is happening in the thing. It was almost nauseating to watch. Like it was a good effect because it's like I don't want to watch this anymore. This seems very uncomfortable. Uh, but they suddenly emerge into this beautiful sight. They see this this glowing, like illuminating cloud structure and like this large planet next to it. And so they're like, damn, where are we? And the ensign on bridge is like, well, if the sensors are correct, sir, it says we're 30,000 light years away from where we were. And Picard's like, the center of the galaxy. <laughs> How does he make that assumption? <laughs> he knows what it looks like. You're not a captain and Picard is. He, <laughs> he knows know this thing. This cloud is at the center. He knows but, about it. No, there's 30,000 light years in any direction. You could go in it. There could be a cloud at the end of any of those. You don't there's fucking no know. Cloud. But yeah, they're in the center of the galaxy. It's beautiful. It's great here. And suddenly. Okay. Haze. Hey. The, the guy who's never seen this show before, I need to ask you what you thought of what happens next. What the fuck is happening? What? <laughs> Did I blink? Am I watching a different episode? I, it's next episode. Suddenly a giant glowing head of a guy appears on the bridge. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's apparent what he's doing. He's like describing the crew and their hierarchy and like their functions as humans. But it's just like the way he does it. <laughs> He's so excited. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh. Hierarchical command structure. Oh, oh great. By <laughs> oh, creatures. Oh. Yeah, he's a fantasy man. He's a fantasy creature. Like, he's a fucking space elf. I love like, him. So, he's like something yeah, out of, like, he... Black Cauldron or something. You know what he's, I mean? 
He's uh, Gandalf at the beginning of the movie when he's Kinda. all happy. Yeah, he's like, very jovial. I love him. Uh, he looks he looks like a human too. He's got white hair with graded uh, with gray graded braided braided bits over here. He's got like a mustache and a beard. It just has this big protrusion on his forehead that's got like a hexagon. Like that's the, the thing that makes him not human. Um, but uh, Picard introduces himself, and that's where he says, "Oh, hierarchical command structure." And Picard asks who he is, and he just like goes back and he says, "Oh, inquisitive." <laughs> love him let's see so it says here originally the Scytherian would have simply boarded the ship the staff felt that this or appearance on a view screen was too ordinary as Legato remembered what we go all this way to see a guy on the screen so instead they made him a big head that was the right choice I'm gonna say like because this is it's a special day when a big head appears on your bridge that's right yeah. So uh Barkley appears. And he, he's got he's got a little osteoporosis going on. His hands are going like whoa. He's like freaking <laughs> the fuck out whenever he gets back on bridge. Yeah, and Riker's like, hey, I thought that you were supposed to be dead if that happened. And he's like, No, it's cool. The Cytherians fixed me. And he explains that the uh the probe was sent by them. Uh they uh made it to reprogram technology to get instructions to how to get to them. But it doesn't work on all technology. So, like, it shorted out the uh, telescope array. It shorted out the shuttle computer. Somehow worked on Barkley's brain. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, brains are a type of computer. And like, the, the, the... Brain. Well, they have electrical impulses, you know. That's right. Damn, that's, that's right. why you mentioned it earlier in the episode. Fuck, he was setting us up. He was setting us up to believe this shit. <laughs> so... He explains that the Cytherians are on a mission just as they are to uh, a mission of discovery and, and learning about the galaxy. But instead of going out to the galaxy, they bring the galaxy to them with their probes. And all they want is an exchange of information. So they uh, off screen do that, I guess. And we get this captain's log saying that it'll take their scholars decades to learn <laughs> to go through everything that they learned from the Cytherians, which is cool. A win for the Enterprise once again. Just fucking dumped the entire encyclopedia. It's like, here you go enjoy it's nice it's nice i guess they don't have a prime directive the cytherians i will just tell you all this shit it's fine but uh barkley's back to normal now and he's he's just hanging out with LaForge and troy and 10 forward and they're like oh well how are you feeling and he says that he can remember what he did just not how or why and that he feels smaller now and troy kind of babbles mm. at him about how you know, everybody has moments in their life like this, even if yours was more extreme, where uh, where you feel at your at your best, and and then uh, you, you have that sense of loss afterwards. But you can take the good parts of this experience forward with you and, and move on in your life. She she says at one point that I think like you have a moment where you surpass your limits, and then you never feel that moment again, and you just feel a sense of I don't know, like by a hundred percent. I mean, I'm only like. I think I think she's just talking about uh, manic depression. <laughs> I, I, guess. I mean, maybe, but you're gonna go back to those highs again with manic depression too. <laughs> you swing back the other way sometimes. Yeah. No, well, uh, I, I think I think like Troy's position here of that like yeah, at some point you you own a lot in your life and then you suck for the rest of your life. You learn to cope with it. It's like I don't know if it's a great. I don't know if that's like a great way to approach. Well, and it's not very accurate. I mean, I mean yeah. I, she's trying to normalize this for him because it is true for him. He's never going to fucking be that. No, cool he's never. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it, 
in a person's life, I suppose we all do have that apex where we're never going to like be at that moment again, but we don't know where that is in our life. And we could always have another one like past it. We don't know. Yeah. You have have to live like, like you can't be like, all right, my best days are behind me now. Time to just retire. (laughs) Time to to get a coconut. No, hit up the holiday. (laughs) This sounds pretty good. What's wrong with this? Um, but uh, I mean, maybe he'll he'll have his brain possessed by aliens in the future, and it'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> there's many brain parasites out there in the in space, as we know. Well, the, yeah, there's a ton. It could happen any fucking day. You know, yeah, it'll probably but... be at least once a season for him. Yeah, but they usually go for Troy. So. They do usually go for Troy. Yeah. Um, but but they just try to make him feel better and cheer him up a little bit. And uh, and Jordy's like, hey, I mean, the more important thing is you're still part of this crew. And, and why don't we go get started on that level three diagnostic, huh? And uh, and Troy's like, hang on a second. We still have a date to take. So they uh, head to the Arboretum. This is, this is fucking Barkley's lucky day. And he's like, oh, you don't have to do this. And she's like, I know, I want to. Um, so they, they get ready to go. But he passes by some people playing 3D chess. And he's just like, may I? And he, he puts a rook like a couple pieces over and he's like checkmate nine moves and troy says i didn't know you played chess and barkley's like i don't dun, no. dun, dun. what it, i'm asking go ahead it's my personal belief that he doesn't actually believe there's a checkmate in nine he just did that look cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i want them to cut the camera back to that p- couple playing chess and be like looking at the board like no it's not what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> that's just- you're just talking about the Simpsons episode where Bart is playing chess with three I was, people. I was thinking about that too. Yes, that's such a good gag where uh, school's out and Bart's playing chess with people. And they're like, look at that boy. He's playing three chess masses at once. I think it's checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. I, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking of um, the episode of Always Sunny where Charlie thinks he's been like, he's becoming super smart and he starts walking around with a cane. Well, you learn Chinese. <laughs> And yeah, he learns he learns Chinese, and he's like, uh, he thinks he's like doing really advanced math. But it's like, Charlie, no, no, this is just delusions. You you're just saying nothing whenever you try to speak Chinese. <laughs> I need to rewatch that entire series because I don't remember much of it that well. And it's one of it's, those it's shows the that... episode where they all end it by the having the whole uh, gang say, "Shut up, you dumb science bitch! You don't know anything. <laughs> you couldn't make my friend no smarter." I remember the title. The episode was called like "Flowers for Charlie" or something like that. Yes, it, it, flowers it, it, for Algernon. It, it it is flowers for Charlie. Yeah, I don't remember it that clearly. It was it, actually it was the, the episode directed by the Game of Thrones guys. What? <gasps> <laughs> I didn't know that. Directed by, but not written by. Yes. Oh, there you go. That's that's the key. Maybe maybe it was written by them. I'm not sure. Usually, Damn. they write their own episodes. Fuck. I was no, I was gonna, my, I would say that my, they would not let the Games of Thrones guys write my their episode. Joke requires them to well this was like during like season three or four of game of thrones i want to say yeah but they're not game of thrones it wasn't a comedy and (laughs) the sunny the sunny is a comedy they they write their own comedies in that show i'm looking forward when is that new season coming out i don't know i how many more seasons do they have in them two more i think they had contracted if i'm remembering right okay i think think they got three more seasons and the last one aired i do kind of hope they end this this show i think they need to like end it while they can still do it on a high note it's been so long it kind of it's kind of you know yeah you gotta you gotta take it on your own uh like uh, 
like uh like Seinfeld did. You go out when you you still feel like you're doing good work. Right. Except right. for that fucking finale, dude. The oh, finale is great. I'm begging you of Always Sunny, please make a good finale. Do oh. not. Okay, so it was directed by one of the Game of Thrones guys and then co-written by the other one of those guys, David okay. uh, Benioff, alongside uh, Glenn and Rob. Yeah, they got they got the funnies in there. Yeah. Glenn and Rob added, added the funnies in. Um, did, did you guys ever watch that? I'm just talking about TV shows now. Let's let's end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just like go on a fucking rant. Next week, next week we're gonna be talking about. Maybe we'll do two episodes next week. Who knows? Oh, we should do two episodes because next <laughs> episode is our audience over and over again. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. No, the next episode just gaslighting is, them. The next episode is Cupid, and we might want to watch something else afterwards because Cupid is a fucking lousy episode. <laughs> No, it's a Q episode. It sounded really good from the description. I'm sorry, Ace. Q gets one bad episode, and this is it. That's impossible. I don't believe you. I'm gonna prove you wrong next week. I'll 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 trick you into liking it. Okay, well, we're definitely gonna talk about Cupid next week. If we uh, if we feel super ambitious, we might do the drumhead as well, which uh, I think is a pretty good episode. All right. Well, stay tuned. Thank you guys out there for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to us at bemetosickbay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, McFreeze, and thank you, Hayes, for being here to talk about Star Trek and also everything else that passes through our fucking minds. Barkley. Absolutely. Barkley. How many times did we mention The Simpsons? I only two. We need to we need to up that. We need to downsize that. No, more Simpsons. More Simpsons. Boo. I was saying boo earns. There you go. There's three. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah. Uh, actually, no, it was it was three because uh, McFree said that Mr. Burns talks in a bit of Atlantic accent. You ever seen a guy say goodbye to a shoe? <laughs> uh, we, we're going goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.